A disclaimer before the episode, this episode does include a discussion about drug addiction, and while it is an uncomfortable subject to talk about, I believe that it's fairly important that we discuss it and put it out in the open. Listener discretion is advised. What happens to us after we die? Do we cease to exist? Or do we live on? This may be the biggest question that mankind has ever asked, as well as what this podcast is about. In this show, we will examine past life memories, speak with professional hypnotherapists, astral projection practitioners, psychics, and much more, all in an attempt to decipher this riddle. So welcome to the puzzle. Welcome. To the regression session. Welcome back to the Regression Session. My name is Ian, and welcome to the Regression Session to all the new people. Thanks for tuning in. Um, This week, we're going to be hearing from Sarah, who is the host of the podcast, Your Chakra Coach. We talk about how your own energy slash chakra systems affect your physicality and affect your outlook and take on life. A couple updates before we get into the episode. I'm still working on my new intro, still working on that rename for the subtitle, so um, pay attention, look out for that. I'll keep it updated on my Twitter, my Facebook page and groups and subreddit and all that stuff too. If you want to come on to the show to talk to me about your past life experience or your knowledge on any metaphysical topic, shoot me an email. My email is theregressionsession at gmail.com. And specifically, if you've had a near-death experience, I would love to talk to you. And now the episode with Sarah. Hey, Sarah, thanks for coming on to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Ian. Absolutely. And if you don't mind just going through a little bit of background about yourself, context as to like why we're even talking. Sure. Uh, So like you, I grew up in a pretty conservative, dogmatic, religious household. Uh, And I actually think a lot of people that do the work that we do came from that background because as you're coming out the other side of it or really dismantling what you just took to be true because somebody told you that it was, you end up tearing down a lot of Um, preconceived ideas about yourself, about the world, all kinds of things. And what the end result of that, I feel like, is we are open to a lot of things that other people who are not raised in such a strict environment might not be open to, right? There's a just, there's an expansiveness about breaking down everything you ever thought you believed 
um, and an openness that happens there. So I think probably somewhere around, oh, college, I know that's so um, cliche, but probably in college, uh, I started thinking, well, you can just start meeting people who aren't like you. And you start thinking, gosh, are these things true? I don't know. I don't. They never made me feel good. I never felt good as a child, right? It was mm-hmm. it was always, it was felt like a, a bludgeon, not a support. Um, and so around that time, when I was about 19, I found myself at a theater conference uh, for aspiring actors and dancers and such. And there were workshops. And my friend and I just stumbled. I literally could not tell you why we picked this particular workshop to go into. And I remember walking in, it was already full of people and we just kind of, and everyone was sitting on the floor. And so we just kind of sat on the floor with everybody else, didn't know what we were doing, but it was a, it was a workshop about using something called the chakra system to develop characters when you're in a play. I was like, okay, whatever. I don't know what this is. But as the woman started to talk about the chakras, something very, very deep in me was like, yep, there's something here. I just knew it on a very deep uh, energetic level, what I now know to be an energetic level, but at the time had no idea what was happening. I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was fun. Um, It was a great workshop, but that was a little seed. That was just a little seed that got planted in my mind as as a young person. And then it just sat there. I didn't really do anything with it for years and years as I tried to figure out what on earth was happening in my life. And so the time passes as it does. You do all kinds of things. Um, life events happens. Life happens. And that was always just sitting there in the back of my head, oddly informing things that I was doing, things I didn't even know, right? Like, I would start to really pay attention to certain parts of my body um, that I then later would realize, oh, that's my solar plexus area, my stomach, right? If I had stress or anxiety, it would show itself first in my stomach. Well, that is really common with people that have solar plexus chakra imbalances now, right? It's funny the things that you look back and you're like, oh, of course, that's how I felt, you know, how, well, how could I not? Um, so anyway, then many years later, I developed a yoga practice. And that was sort of when I really got back into the chakras and started studying them more deeply, learning about yoga, not just as a physical discipline, but as a a mental discipline and as an opportunity to understand my emotional and spiritual state, because I had spent maybe two decades just completely lost, swinging wildly from believing everything to believing nothing right? Thinking everything in the whole wide world is true to nothing is true, being borderline atheist and just absolutely hardline against anything spiritual or energetic or anything like that, really just angry at it, right? And I think that came from obviously growing up the way we did, right? You feel, I would, and I still, yeah, I still feel, will find myself, find that in myself. People will talk about God and I'll be like, there is no God. Wait a minute. That's not what you believe anymore. Right. But it's a knee jerk reaction. It's this, it's this primal instinct to rebel against that straight away. Um, and when I say there is no God, there is a God. I mean that in whatever sense you want to describe it in, right? It's, <laughs> this is a wide open, 
uh, area of exploration, right? However, people are most comfortable. God, goddess, cosmos, universe, highest self doesn't matter to me because I genuinely think it, it's all going the same place. It's, it's all headed to one destination and it's just everybody's on a different path to get there. It's like different names for the same concept. Of course. Yes. It's like, it's like calling like pop or soda or soda pop or Coke. Like you're all talking about soda. It doesn't matter. We're all talking about exactly the same thing and no one term is better. Oh, my term's better. It makes no sense to say that. You're right. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. Like it gets soda or pop or whatever. Like you're talking about a, a soft drink. <laughs> <laughs> a soft drink. It's just this. It's all. It's one thing. We're only talking about one thing. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you on that. So anyway, that's sort of how I landed here. Um, I, I, along the way, various seeds would get planted. Um, I did personal training for a while. I worked in the fitness industry. I still work in the fitness industry. And as I was working with people, and they were struggling to get physically fit. What I actually discovered, and one of the reasons that I ended up starting the podcast that I host now, is that the reason people weren't meeting their physical goals was rarely physical. It almost was always emotional or mental or even spiritual. And these were not aspects of the human that I was working with that were being addressed in any way. And the more research I did on that and the more studying I did on that self-study, uh, anecdotal studies that I was doing with the people that I was working with, and I've worked with hundreds, maybe thousands of clients now, that was really what it came down to, is that people weren't getting the physical results that they were looking for because they didn't have the emotional and mental health or wellness that they needed to be the kind of people that got physical results. I feel like that's kind of like round and round, but I hope that makes at least a little bit of sense. No, I, I get what you're saying. And we kind of touched on this before we started recording it. It's like true change is always going to come from like within yourself. Right. So even when you're looking at, like, I'm not like in the best shape. Right. And, and that's okay. But when I was trying to get like in really good shape, I was hitting the gym twice a day and I was, um, I was like dieting and all this stuff, but nothing happened. And I would did it for months and months. And I was like, well, yep. what's the point? Like, what, why yep. even try? Why even, why even try? I think I lost like two pounds over like, like three months. And I was like, F this, I'm done with this. Of course. But back then I didn't even consider like, I'm probably going to have to give it another shot now and like, look at the reason. Like, so what's the, what's stopping me from inside myself? from letting myself progress how I want to. And that's that, one yes. thing that people have a really, really hard time with. And that's where people like us come in. It's like, let's find out. That's hundred percent true. And you're so smart to think like, oh my gosh, I bet if I tried now, it would be totally different because it would be, you're not the same person that tried the last time, right? That you're a completely different energetic being. So anyway, I started working with my clients my personal training clients on their emotional and mental wellness and even a little bit their spiritual wellness. I mean, I'm not a licensed therapist or anything, so don't worry. I didn't get any into any of that business, but you know, addressing those issues and all of a sudden people started to change their lives changed. They're not just their bodies, but their entire outlook on things. 
And I mean, it was just fascinating to me how intimately and intricately connected all of those aspects of the person were, because then when I really came, when it really came down to it, they're not aspects of a person. There's just a person. It's one we, we categorize it in our heads because it's a little easier to address. It's, it feels a little bit more organized, but in the end, it was this one holistic being who needed to have so many needs met that just picking up heavy things was never going to, was never going to meet that need for them. Um, of course, they were definitely not paying me for my uh, spiritual guidance. That was just a little benefit of working with Sarah, the personal trainer um, that they didn't even know about. Uh, so anyway, as I've been teaching classes and as I've been um, teaching yoga and studying yoga and studying the chakras and all of the associated things that go with it, that was sort of when I, I thought, gosh, I I need to... I need to find a way to get this message out on a broader scale than I can do seeing whatever 20 to 30 people a week. Uh, because I really believed in the, the message. I really believed in the ability of the chakra system to change people's lives. And it was a, a very accessible way for people to approach their energetic health, their energetic wellness. And so that was what motivated me to start the podcast. I had to do a ton of work on my own chakra system before I worked up the nerve to actually start a podcast because that felt like a huge risky thing to do to me. So I had to really work on my own energy uh, to be sure that I was in a place that made sense to put a podcast out. But here we are two years later, going strong, hopefully changing the world one individual at a time. What I like about your podcast and for anybody listening, I don't think we've said it, it's uh, your chakra coach. So definitely go check that out after this episode. But the way that you do it is you take like a really practical approach. Cause I was, I've been looking into like all sorts of stuff. Cause I look at all this stuff as like pieces to the same puzzle. Right. So like past yep. lives, reincarnation, chakras, Reiki, all that stuff, all parts of it, even like ghost hunting, like all part of the same puzzle. Right. And like I was looking at some other, I'm not going to name any other podcasts, but I was looking at some of them and, and they were all just kind of like super out there, which is fine. Like I don't have any problem with that, but no, it's very way, helpful to some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way that you, that you do it specifically, you, you take it and you lay out from a very practical point of view, like, okay, this is how this could potentially be affecting you. And this is how you can take that and internalize it and, and actually make changes in yourself by acknowledging like, okay, maybe this is a problem for me. And a lot of people that do these, this chakra works, just like, okay, this is what you need to do. You got to meditate. You got to eat less red meat and you got to, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing oh, stuff I, out there. Sure. And there's a lot of different ideas. I, what you were saying about all of the different modalities, right? They're all techniques. They're all practices. And Reiki, past life regression, ghost hunting, chakra work, whatever it is, they're all modalities. They're all techniques. They're all methods to get us to where we want to go. And to me, how I define that is really trying to find our authentic, true self, the seed, the core of who we are. And then when we can do that, really understand the person that we are, then we can sort of start to expand ourselves into the cosmic consciousness. 
These are just the terms that I use because they make sense to me. Other people will have other words that make sense to them. And I think that I, I am very practical. I, I, that's, I you know, had a science background to work in the fitness industry, in uh, biology, anatomy, physiology, um, biomechanics, all of that kind of stuff. So I think it's really important for people to understand why they should try a particular modality, why something might work better for them than other things. So uh, I appreciate that you noticed that about my podcast. So thank you. Uh, and yeah, and I think it's it's good to understand why and how and then what, right? I think that's- yeah, uh, well, that's the piece that a lot of people are, that are doing like podcasts and YouTube and blogs. That's the kind of the piece that I feel like people are really missing for the most part. Like everybody gets into this whole entire thing of like, why right like like why are people feeling this way like what is the imbalance like what's happening with your energy systems like how does that work but a lot of people are missing that piece and and the reason that i can see this is because i kind of get like a higher level picture because i i talk to so many different people that it's all coming together but like a lot of people are missing that that one piece and it's a crucial piece of like okay now i know all this stuff now what and you come in like very practical because I think your 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 podcast first started off as like like chakra work for energy or for weight loss, right? Yes, it was very fitness oriented at the time because, like I was telling you, that's what my background was, and that's what I was. That's the need I was trying to fill for that first year, and then it grew. It expanded from there. It evolved. It did. It really did. Sort of organically. It was very fascinating to watch it unfold. Yeah, my show kind of did that too. I started off trying to like prove past life regression is real. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to sneeze again so bad. Like, <laughs> oh, I biology. Just, like, I should have just let it go like in the microphone. Just like, I guess the kids nowadays are saying full send or something. Just like okay. full send it. Just like, anyway. Right out into the microphone. Ugh. Can I ask you, did you know about the chakra system or how familiar with the chakra system were you before you and I made contact and you listened to a couple episodes of the podcast? Fairly familiar. I, I was yeah. sure. I've talked to a few different energy healers. Um, so I'm pretty familiar. Actually, I, I don't just do hypnosis, mm-hmm. by the way, for anybody listening out there. I do like energy healing, but I, I'm not like an energy healer, right? The way that I do it is from <clears throat> like a very, like I teach people how to heal themselves or like, I'm like a tour guide taking right. them on their own little inner landscape to heal themselves. So it's not always hypnosis, but I am not a healer. Like I'm not like a Reiki master. That's like sending my energy into somebody and like untying energetic knots, but I, I have used, I actually have like a bonus episode on my podcast um, where I use the solar plexus nice to like expand energy around your body to help protect you from like negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've used the chakra system and um, some people need that, like especially healers because like the healers like you and me, right? Like if you don't want to call yourself a healer, you don't have to. I don't like calling myself a healer, but people that are like the doers, not the getters, they don't really like get it done to them too often because they're so busy doing it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these 
these healers or practitioners or whatever you want to call them, they're familiar with the chakra system, right? So like yeah. with, when I work with other healers or other practitioners, I use the chakra system a lot more because it's like more commonly known. It's if common. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does. It's, it's a very common philosophy, right? It's ancient. It's been around for thousands of years, thousands of generations. So there is a lot of, uh, teachings that are available to a lot of people. There's a lot of history to it. Whereas I think some of um, like Reiki is a fairly new technique to coming out of Japan, fairly new. I mean, it's a hundred years old, a little bit more, but you know, it, it's, well, that's still new. Yeah. I mean, that's relatively new when you think about something that is like predates recorded history, essentially, which is what this, this chakra system does. And which is why I also tell people, um, none of this is new to me. I, I didn't come up with any of this. I am simply here as a conduit to continue to pass on um, information and knowledge with um, as much or as little analysis as benefits you in this moment. Uh, so I'm always curious how much people know about the chakras, but you're right. It's a very, uh, it's a very useful system. It's very organized, which is one thing I think that's very appealing to a lot of people. I was talking to a woman earlier today who uh, I mean, that has its drawbacks as well, right? She was very interested in how she could separate her root from her solo plexus. And I was like, uh, I think try not to think so much about it as, you know, separate energy centers, even though that's how we talk about it. Um, and being more aware of the holistic energy system. Uh, but I do like how organized it is. It definitely gives you a way to understand if you've got a physical uh, malady or you have a specific emotional state that's causing you distress or is holding you back. There are specific chakras associated with most of these things that you can start to address in a very practical, immediate, um, medicinal kind of way, right? And it's energy medicine, not drug medicine. Um, but it, I would, I would venture to say that it is as effective, if not more effective in a lot of cases. Um, but I'm not a doctor. I am a chakra coach. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I do like the, I do like the, the chakra system in for that reason, right? Yeah, I do too. I like it a lot. Um, and, and, you know, this energy healing stuff, I always like me personally, I try to take the least amount of like medications as I possibly can. I mean, there's obviously like some things like, for example, like, like diabetics, they have to take like insulin or um, like metformin or, or whatever. So like, I don't think that like your chakra system or like, hypnosis is going to fix that. That's like a, a no. severely physical problem. If you've broken your arm, all of the meditation in the world, probably not going to heal your arm. Exactly. So I'm a big believer in like modern medicine, but I also am like a big believer that, that like big pharma is a bunch of pricks and they're just trying to like stuff like narcotics down your throat so they can make a fat check. Right. Well, there's a lot of money in, um, in drugs. There's not a lot of money oh, in yeah. energy energy work, especially the way you and I do it, which is to teach people how to do it for themselves. We were talking about how, yeah. like, all I want to do is teach you how to heal yourself. And at which point you won't need me anymore. That's not a good business model, you know, but getting somebody who needs or thinks they need, or however you want to phrase it, um, a drug to simply feel normal or whatever normal is supposed to feel like, right? That's a good business model is to have something that somebody has to consume day after day after day for the rest of their life. And that's just mm -hmm. not what, what you and I do. And what I don't think, I don't think most energy 
workers do. Mm-mm. No, not that I've seen. Mm-mm. Um, and like, like big pharma, like what they're trying to do is they're trying, like what we talked about is we talked about how we don't want to create a dependence yes. on us, but they're trying to create like a dependence, especially here in like in Utah, specifically the, um, the oxies, like the, the it's like a plague here. And yeah. I, I'm not going to get into why there's a big reason why, but like, it's like a plague. People here are like overdosing on oxys and Percocet and Oxycontin, Oxycodone, all that mm-hmm. stuff. They're like overdosing on it day after day after day after day. It's a plague. Um, and that comes like, and this is going to sound like I'm not a doctor, right? And I, <laughs> and I don't claim to be like a doctor. I'm not even like a licensed therapist. Okay. I'm like just a dude, right? But if, if these people could somehow find a way to heal themselves without yeah. needing like a way to bury it. Cause like this, it's one thing if you're taking it for like dry sockets after wisdom teeth or something, you know what I mean? Like that's a, sure. that, that hurts. But then like what happens when your dry sockets stop and you're like, Oh, like I'm taking this, um, this drug because it makes me so that I don't have to like, deal with my life. Yeah. I mean, like the, the substance itself is addictive, right? So there's a physical component to that, but the reason we want the, the feeling, the numbing feeling is because first of all, life is freaking hard and it's hard to be a human being. It's hard to live in the world and the, the world, the society is not set up to make it easier for most people right? Most people do not have an easy time and there's not a lot of support for, you know, minority groups or, or women or just be really in general, anybody, it's not easy. And that's a lot of the work that I do is working on people's sense of survival in the world, right? They feel like they're, um, that their very security, their very safety is at stake, or they're always in emotional danger, fear of rejection, um, fear of being ostracized. And a lot of it is is fear of what I said earlier, knowing themselves. Because at our core, so many of us believe that knowing who we are is a terrible idea because what if that person is fundamentally unlovable, fundamentally unworthy? And a lot of people walk around with that living in their bodies, living in their energy systems. And that's a terrible, depressing, terrifying, miserable belief. And all of those drugs make it go away for a little right. while. I mean, they don't make it go away. They just, they dampen they cover it up. They cover it up. And like so a band-aid. that, yeah. Um, yes. A very, very poor band-aid. And again, I think medication is brilliant. I think antibiotics are one of the most amazing things that human beings have ever invented. And, but the problem and antibiotics are not the problem. You know, it's these, even, even things that are widely used like alcohol and cigarettes and things like that, that are perfectly legal are things that we use so that we don't have to, in my opinion, so that we don't have to spend time with ourselves because we're really concerned that we are not worth spending any time with or on. 
Yeah, and this is kind of like a heavier topic, but it's one that doesn't really get Yeah, it got about. real dark real quick, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, fundamentally, this is like what what this is for, right? And yeah. people that are listening, they might be like, dude, Ian, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I know that, like, we, we just met Sarah, but, like, for my audience's sake, that I've never told this, so, like, vulnerable moment for my audience, and I guess you too, like, sorry, but not sorry. So when I first left Mormonism, I got straight up like addicted to to marijuana, like weed. I was a what I call a wake and bake. So I'd wake up, smoke weed, drive to work on my lunch break. I would smoke weed and I'd do it with the pen, like the vape pen. And then when I got home, I'd smoke weed all night long. I did that for like a year. I don't even remember like a year and a half of my life because of that. Because mm-hmm. it was like a super hard time for me of like... um like, I didn't know what was happening. I, I like everything that I knew was just gone. Like my belief yeah. system was gone. Like what happens when we die? I don't know. And it's hard because at one point you thought you knew, right? You believed something. And then all of a sudden that was just ripped away, right? It was like, it wasn't just ripping off the bandaid. It was ripping the wound wide open. Yeah. And there was this open wound for a long time. And like, so when I talk about like drug addiction, I, I also at one point in my life was addicted to Percocets. So mm-hmm. like, I definitely like, I understand fundamentally what that's like. Right. So I'm not just like talking out of my ass here. Like I actually know what I'm talking about with this. Cause I've experienced it just, and that was just for my audience sake for context of like, like I'm not a perfect, this, this guru guy that like knows everything. Yeah. Um, and, but, and fundamentally being vulnerable like this and admitting to yourself, like, like when I admitted to myself, I've got a problem and I'm running away from, from something. The the need for me to take those drugs stopped and I went cold Turkey. Wow. But that's something that, Oh yeah. Well, and people tell you that weed doesn't give you like physical addiction. It does. I went through withdrawals. I had shakes. I had um, cold sweats. I had nightmares. I couldn't sleep very well. Um, like flop sweats, everything. Uh, bone like body aches so it mm. you can get physically addicted to it and um so that's bs if they tell you but like <laughs> cold cold turkey on that and percocets percocet was definitely worse for withdrawals but like fundamentally if you can admit to yourself like okay now i've got two problems because one i'm addicted to drugs and then two there's a reason I'm addicted to the drugs. Mm-hmm. You need to address the reason why you're addicted to the drugs. <sighs> right. Man, that was a long. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's a lot of what I work with people, not just with addiction, although that too, a lot of, mm, a lot of women are using a lot of alcohol for this sort of same thing right now. It's um, it was bad before the pandemic. It's much worse now, but a lot of the work that I do is, is really helping people find that deep wound, where, where is that imbalance sitting that's causing you to want to run away from your life? And how can we build a life that you don't want to run away from? Right. I do. I do. I did a whole series on my podcast on manifestation and manifestation gets a bad rap because people are like, I'm going to manifest a million dollars or whatever. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, most people, they would literally just like to manifest some inner peace right? Just some, (laughs) some calm in their lives. And that's what I, that's what I really help. I think my best work is when I'm helping people manifest an internal state, not an external state. 
that's what it's all about too um and you know there's there's like all kinds of techniques to to try to accomplish that i mean in the end like people like you and me are just guides um but really it comes down to like daily work of like healing yourself and and i always use this example it's like imagine you have this big open wound right wherever it is in your body like if you're looking at it in a chakra way if you're looking at it the way i do it's just like where is it in your body hell for like for there's people that have been like oh like my anxiety is like located in my leg which is weird i don't know why but like let's just say you have like this big open like energetic wound and doing this energy healing stuff what it's actually doing is like helping you wash that wound out stitch it up put like um neosporin on it yeah neosporin (laughs) on it and then a band-aid over it so it doesn't bleed or bandages but guess what like and then gives you like painkiller for a minute and it feels like you feel like way better after doing it but then over the next few days or months or whatever it's your responsibility to like keep changing the bandage and make sure it doesn't get reinfected because it has to heal on its own and like doing the energetic work that you and i do it's not healing it it's bandaging it and the healing is going to take time right it's like it's like if you cut your hand open everything takes time Uh, yeah i I 100 agree and it i think i love that word guide i am just a guide i'm here to help you find what is already in you I am here to give you the tools to help heal yourself, but you've got to use the tools, right? I can't, I'm not going to build your energetic house. You are. And one of those tools is called yoga and it's a much bigger practice. And I actually would love for you to talk about it because you like, you have a whole, like a really big, long series about something called the yamas and the niyamas on your podcast. And that's like, it's like, um, a lifestyle for yoga. Cause yoga is much more than stresses or stretches. Am I right? Yes. I would say that is a, the very, very small part of what yoga is. Um, that's called asana. What, what we think of when we think of going to yoga class, that's called asana. And that's just a posture practice. Um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful part of the yogic practice. Uh, what we, tend to do though, is think of that as the whole yoga practice. And I like to remind people that it's not, this is a very, very ancient system and it has multiple parts. Uh, I practice a particular form of yoga called Ashtanga yoga, which means eight limbs and it has eight parts. So there's, if you think of it as a wheel or a pie, it's divided into eight sections and posture practice is just one of those sections. It's the third limb. And what you were talking about was the yamas and the niyamas that's limb one and two. And it sounds like it's, there's something in order, like, okay, I'm going to master the yamas. All right, check. Now I'm going to do the niyamas check, but that's not how that works. It all sort of works at the same time. And you can start anywhere. Uh, And each of the, each of those limbs, the yamas and the niyamas has five parts within it. So you can see the system starts to get very, very big. But again, it's very organized. It's very straightforward. I think it's very accessible, um, more accessible than people think. You said earlier that you're not in the greatest shape. Like, oh, and people tell me all the time, oh, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. I was like, well, can you breathe? Because if you can breathe, you can do yoga. 
That's really what it is. You know, there's an entire limb, pranayama, that's a breathing practice. And then it gets a little bit headier into things like concentration and uh, meditation and sense, uh, controlling of the senses. So there's a lot of different parts to it. Um, and I encourage people, if they're interested, they're, my podcast has a ton of information on it, but if you're interested, just Google like eight limbs of yoga and you can learn an enormous amount and really broaden the idea, your, your, your concept of what yoga might be. And it is a lifestyle. It's a practice. It's a whole body, whole spirit practice. And maybe you've heard that yoga, one definition of yoga is to yoke or um, union. And the idea being that we bring our body and spirit into harmony so that there's no separation that we create or that society creates uh, between our, our mind, our body, and our spirit. So that's, that's the point of yoga is to sort of bring that all together and to create that sense of wholeness, not just within ourselves. That's, I think, I think usually that's the first step, that sense of wholeness, but then also, um, the understanding that you are part of the whole as well, that you are part of the energetic whole. And, um, the chakra system comes from Hinduism, which is, there's only one. That's it, just one. At the end, it's just one, right? Buddhist is a little bit more dualist. And then certainly Christianity, Catholicism, Mormonism, they're very dual. You know, there's God and there's you and that you shall never meet, you know, like that's, and there's lots of different ways to do it. But in the chakra system, in this system of yoga, it's one. And we came from the one. We will go back to the one. It is just the one consciousness that we're all mm -hmm. existing in. Yeah. And I like that. Like to quote Andy Sway from a few episodes back from this episode, what he said, I really like this. Like, he was so concise about everything. Like when he was saying this stuff, I was like, why do I even have a podcast? Like, <laughs> why don't what you am talk? I, what am I, why don't you take over my podcast, Andy? But I was like, he, he said, what I like to tell my clients is you have never had a past life. You are a past life. So you can look at it like you're, you're spending this whole life identifying as pinky. So you have no idea like the thumb even really exists. But then when you start to identify as hand, you realize like, oh, I've got pinky and a thumb and it's part of the same thing. So like if you look at yourself as like, I'm just a piece of this I'm like a grain of sand on the beach. Like you can still be, you could be part of the, like you could be the beach, right? Or you could pretend like you're just a grain of sand. If that makes sense. So like we are like everybody that I've done past life regression with, for the most part has said something like, Oh yeah. Like we're all part of source or, or we're all part of God. Like we are God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Going back to what we were discussing earlier about addiction, there is a philosophy that says the opposite of addiction is connection and take it or leave it. There is a certain amount of addiction being used to cover our disconnection from ourselves and disconnection from our community. And not that there's not a physical component, but 
we talked about that. Why do we have addiction? It's because we're trying desperately to escape ourselves. We're trying desperately to disconnect from anything that is authentically us because that might not be a comfortable place to be. And so when we can open up to connection, open up to whatever higher being, broader sense of universal connection that we can find, then we have less need for things to hide that portion of us. And what's, and what's crazy about what you're saying is, is, is this sense of connection or this sense of feeling connected to the universe or God or each other or, or whatever. It's not like we talk, when we talk about it and when I heard people talk about it before I started doing my show, it's like when people talk about it, it was like, oh, this mystical thing that like you have to, you have to be a monk and, and meditate every day and sit there oming for hours to reach that point. But the truth is, is it's like not that realistically that hard to get to that point. And you're never going to get to like the full scope of it, but you can get a little bit like a little taste of what that feels like. And it's really not that difficult. You just have to like look inside yourself and heal, heal yourself a little bit and you can get there. Cause I've, I've been there and I've helped people get there. Absolutely. And in the Ashtanga yoga system, we call that Samadhi, that moment of pure oneness, pure consciousness. And, you know, that, and people always say, oh, is that the goal? And I'm like, well, that's not really, it's not really a goal oriented system, right? There isn't a direct line. We're not trying to work toward this one thing. And what you were saying, I think, isn't that sort of the idea of reincarnation, right? Like you have like these lives that you live to help get work you through whatever karma is what they call it in, in Hinduism to get you closer, working through all of the things to get you toward that state of oneness. Yeah. Kind of. It's like a I, I, reincarnation, like this, the typical like Westernized view of what it is like, okay, I lived in the 1950s and I died in the 1970s and I was reborn in the 1980s. Oh, right. No. Right. Like linear stuff. Like Mm-mm. that whole idea of reincarnation seems like because of everything I've seen and everything I've done, all the people I've talked to, that seems elementary to me. That's like the most, that's like somebody who's just getting their foot in the door. That's like the point where they're like, oh, well, that makes sense to me. Like it's linear, right? There's a goal. Like we're all progressing towards a goal, but really what I've come to understand is like all there really is, is right now. So like everything that is happening to you is happening right now. So like when you're doing these healings and you're working on your chakra system, even if you like think you're pretending like you're imagining this stuff, like it's happening to you right now, regardless of whether or not you think it's actually happening. We're, regardless of whether or not it's real, it's still a real experience. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I look at like reincarnation is like what you're saying. There's not like a goal. All you're doing is you're, you're working on yourself right now. You're progressing yes. yourself right now. And that's the same thing with Ashtanga yoga where you're like, okay, you know what? Like I I saw this, I, I saw this part of Ashtanga yoga where it's like, um, I need, it'll help me work on my senses. And I feel really drawn to that. So that's what I'm going to work on right now. Two months later, oh, I want to do, I want to work on posture work now. Like I feel really drawn to that. It's like, just 
but whatever you feel like you need to work on right now is what you need to work on. That's how, kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I, I'm with you. I, there is, it's not, it's not the idea that you're just moving from life to life, right? Like you don't just like go to the astral plane for a minute and then come right back as soon as there's a new body available, right? Like that, I don't think that's the understanding. Hopefully that's not the understanding of, of reincarnation or, or past lives. It It is for the most part. And it's sad because like the reality is, is once you go to the astral plane, you could live a whole life in the astral plane too. Isn't it? It's like thousands, millions of years. You can just live what would, what would feel like to us millions of years and could be far less than that. I don't know. It's so interesting. The thing is, is like time doesn't actually exist anywhere, but like in the physical plane. Right. And does it even exist here? Really? Not really. Yeah. No, I don't know that it does. You would have to convince me. All that exists is right now. Like I can't prove to you that in like 30 seconds, I'm going to grab my phone and throw it across the room. For all you know, I, I won't like the future doesn't exist. Right. And that's one thing that like you come to realize after doing this stuff with anxiety. And I still struggle with anxiety sometimes. Right? I'm not like, like I said, I'm not a guru. I'm just a dude, but like the past, it already happened when we can't change it necessarily, but because it's not happening right now, it doesn't really exist. And that brings, I mean, that could open up a whole can of worms. That I don't, I'm not really necessarily ready to like talk to talk about, um, but all that's happening is, is right now. That's, that's the biggest lesson that I'm trying to get across. I like it. Be here now, as they say. Yeah. And like, that's really what, what time is it point. now? Where are we here? It's 307. <laughs> is it? It's 507 here. It's 507. How, can, how real can time be if you think it's one time and I think it's another time? Seriously, like, okay, we're, this is like, it's like, so it's like, sounds dumb if you talk, talk about it, but like, we're existing and we're talking right now, but we're in two different, like, to you, it's one time, to me, it's another time. So how can it actually exist for real? It's a construct. It's a useful construct and it's one that helps keeps our society going and it, you know, helps keep us in line, helps keep us on track, but it's just, it's still a construct like so many other things and constructs can be beneficial. Like schedules are fairly beneficial to our society, but other things like all of the isms that you can think of, all of the divisions, right? Those are constructs and they're not helpful at all. When we look at this concept of, of everything is one, like we're all part of the same hand. One, one reason that I couldn't like, and I could never go back to being in like an organized religion again is because it almost inherently creates this division of like us versus them, like good versus Eagle. Us, you know, you, you guys and us well how can we be right if there isn't somebody out there who's wrong exactly exactly and that's why like i think that there's some kind of like i think people are like starting to wake up to that like a lot of people call them like millennials or zoomers or whatever you want to call them like the up-and-coming generation a lot of them are are 
realizing like, yeah, we don't want to be part of religion now. Like we're, they're looking for things like chakra work or reincarnation or medit. Like I've seen like on Reddit, the meditation subreddit has like exploded. So people are like looking into like these holistic things. And it's, it's just really interesting to see how people are like, yeah, we're done with this. Well, there's a, a big sense right now that we, and has been happening for the past many decades, right? It's it, These waves come fairly slowly, at least as far as we experience time. You know, people don't want to be a part of something that's designed to make them feel bad, right? That is what, at least the religion I was brought up in, was designed to do, to make me feel bad and to believe that I was at my core bad yeah, so that center. I could be kept, yeah, at my center, I was wrong, and therefore I could be kept in line because I was wrong all the time. Just my existence was wrong and bad, and I could not ever be good. And so why would I voluntarily be a part of that? I, why would I voluntarily right. be a part of a punish ba- punishment-based system when I can find all of these other things that actually help me feel good and do good in the world. Yeah. And coming full circle, like what you're talking about is, is like um, coming back to what the subject we talked about earlier, when we said like the, when people are running away from is like feeling that in their, in themselves, like with drug addiction or, or food addiction or, or video game addiction or phone addiction, like spending time with yourself because you're afraid that you're not good enough or that you're inherently bad. And like these systems, if you look at it from the outside, you can see that like you spend a lot of time trying to heal that in people, but these systems are designed to like beat that into people. So like just, that just kind of came full circle, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Well, Sarah, we've been talking for a little bit now and, um, I've really enjoyed the conversation. It felt like it was only like, like five or 10 minutes long, but um, what do you got going on? Let's talk about you, like your, your website, your podcast, anything you got going on. Yeah, sure. Um, So I would love it if any of your listeners found that this resonated with them, um, pop on over to my podcast. It's called your chakra coach. And I've got you know lots of information there that people could learn more about the chakra system. Uh, you can go to my website, which is yourchakracoach.com. Very easy to remember, hopefully. Uh, I have courses available there, uh, some free meditations that can be downloaded, a free chakra balancing basics course that you can just sign up for and take right away. It's short, but if you are unfamiliar with the chakra system, it's a great place to start. And again, that's completely free. So go over there and check it out if you are interested in learning more. If you are interested in learning more about your particular chakra system or your energetic state, I do I do do readings that are available that you can look on the website for more information about that. And I do coaching in that same vein. Oh, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook, your chakra coach. So you can find me on all the social medias if you want to. Yeah, perfect. So so links to those are going to be in the description definitely head on over to the podcast your mm-hmm. chakra coach if you feel drawn to working with sarah um definitely reach out to her like i said links are in the description and sarah i am going to put you on the spot and ask you 
Do you have a message that you'd like to leave for my audience? You can't do it wrong. Just start, try something, whatever you feel drawn to, you can't do it wrong. I hear all the time from people, I don't know where to start. And then they worry that they're going to make a mistake. And I encourage people to let go of the fear of starting something that's only going to bring value to your life. Just start. Thank you for saying that. And with that, I'm just going to say thank you so much for coming on to my show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Ian. I've really enjoyed the conversation. That's it for today's episode. I would like to thank Sarah for coming on to the show. And I would also like to thank you for tuning in. Definitely head on over to Your Chakra Coach. Check out Sarah's podcast. It's awesome. She does a really great job. Feel free to head on over to my Facebook, my Twitter, my subreddit, my Facebook group. You can interact with me or other listeners there. If you like the show, I'd appreciate you going on to your podcast player and giving me a great review. And if you'd like to come on the show, shoot me an email. The email is session at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show. 